looking up at the night sky right now, I can only imagine what was going through the mind of our subject today. To be flying yourself in a single engine plane to look up and to be engulfed by a jade light that's larger than anything that you could imagine being above you at the moment. And then being harassed by it until you just disappear. I just scared myself. Welcome. Absolutely may not base your theories or facts on how the rest of the world works, lives, or testicles hang or boob size on just your testicle hanging and boob knowledge. My left testicle is exactly the same size as the right, oh, yeah. and they hang exactly the same level, which is still quite high, thank you very much. Do they now? Yes. Have you, have you put them on the little pinchy gauge tester thing the, to see, like, millimeters and stuff? I, I'm, the exact same I'm not a masochist. Jesus Christ, Chris. Because nobody's symmetrical. Nobody. I am. I'm perfectly symmetrical in every way. That's terrifying. For I am robot. You might be a demon. No, I am robot. I'm that movie that Will Smith was in that was okay. You yeah, know? I guess robots can be symmetrical. Uh, ass would have to be. symmetrical. So I'm going to turn the main part of the microphone toward you, mm-hmm. like that. Because, uh, <clears throat> now, speak, please. Okay, Look and thank you. Do you see? Do you see? I see zero the, activity. The, the booming voice that is Christopher. Oh, now, I, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Okay, I was looking for the, you know. Mm-mm, that is... That's a level that's worthy of Chris Christofferson. That's a proper soundage, man. All right. He's sitting down and he's like, I'm going to write a country song. And he's like, but wait, look at this Chris's Mm. voice. I can't even. Hmm. Don't, you don't know. You don't, you can't do that. No, that is more acceptable, I guess, but not in this fucking dojo. Mm -mm. Mm. Stroke your fucking beard like you're an old Chinese man. Because you're not. Just because you got an old Chinese man beard doesn't stop making you Tex-Mex. Dude, like, that's really all I wanted. Well, it's not all I wanted out of this beard, but I definitely, it's it's one of the main things I wanted out of this beard was for it to grow long enough for me to actually throw it over my shoulder uh, and or wrap it around my neck. But, like, it's, it's, it's long enough, but it's not wispy enough. No, well, it's not long enough. It only wraps to the back of my neck. You need the wisp. 
You uh, it, need the wisp. It does need the wisp. I think I need to uh, to to like put a straightener. You like straighten it with the, some like a hair iron. Some heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straighten it out, and it'll be it'll be wispy like that because it's. Mm-hmm. Tell, are, you know what? Tell me more. I'm intrigued. Welcome to another episode of Chris's Beauty Tips. Mm, mm, Chris's mm. tip beauty. <laughs> I usually charge for this, actually. He does. It's not very much, though. He knows that he's garbage. Go ahead. You can uh, get a copy of my tutorial videos on uh, my website. Um, it's just his TikTok. Just look up Chris. Chris is awesome. He dances a lot. Go fuck yourself. He dances a lot, and he tries to throw his non-wispy Mexican beard behind his neck. And every time it's just a... Every time it's a different laugh from a different part of your body that you didn't know that you'd even laugh from, you know? Yeah, sometimes it smells funny, too. Mm. Your beard? Or the laugh? The laugh. Man, mm-hmm. if beards could laugh, you know what they'd say? Ha. That's what they'd say. Did, they? Did you just do the Bill Cosby eyebrow shoulder thing? That's weird. I don't like that. Go home. Of course. You go home. You walk home in the rain. I, you, no, you go. Guess what's in your drink now? Fuck! I knew I shouldn't have gone to the bathroom and been hot. <laughs> Brought my Earl checking gloves too, boy. That's a weird thing to carry around. You're going with you. down. And a weird thing to possess. I I think I should say. On top of that, welcome to another kind of rapey episode of See No Hear No Speak No. Ooh, yeah, complete with the uh, UFOs, the conspiracies. He didn't say no, by the way. Kids, back me up. And Moitas, possible Moitas, maybe Moitas, if he does say no. I don't know that you have to say no if you're not asked. I think that's still against some... Man, don't play your loopholes on me. I told you to stay away from my loopholes. Well, that's exactly the point, isn't it? Loop, like the, the, the Spanish name. Lupe. Mm-hmm. My Lupe holes. Your Lupe holes. <laughs> That's what I call them now. Oh, and with a hint of cinnamon. Mmm, cinnamon. Like, uh, like Eric Estrada. Is that how he says it? He does now. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, baby. And he, he did in C-Lab. Eric Estrada, baby. In C-Lab. Oh, I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Cinnamon. But yes, anyway, so, tonight's... Vera, Vera, very pretty episode. Of, tell them about it. Of still needing uh, to wait for consent of telling episode of this show that we do for you. Come on with it. And only you. Oh, yeah. Uh, Patreon. We have one. Check it out, please. We love you. Uh, and we need your help. Uh, we I have two kids in this house, and mm. they have flies buzzing around their bellies. Mm. And you know when like it lands on their eye, and they're like, they're just, they're too weak to even blink the fucking fly away. They're just flicking their tail, oh. hoping to get it, but they never really are, because they're not really paying that much they attention. They are maybe a week without food away from that point. Mm, mm-hmm, So mm-hmm. They've f- smelled like barnyard animals for the last several months, though. Girl babies shit so much. I know I said this before when Vera was like a little, little baby, mm-hmm. but it's, it's almost, it's astonishing to me how much... A tiny little baby girl body can can hold uh, shit wise, yeah. and then release all at once in just uh, a catastrophic, violent uh, episode of. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. They got shit in their pants. So, uh, tonight 
We're going to, uh, this is uh, a, a, a crazy, crazy, crazy development that, uh, that I put in my hair. And uh, mm. I have to wash it out in an hour. Remind mm. me that. Mm-hmm. And, and then take a hot comb to it. Take a hot what to it? Hot comb. Oh, comb. Thank God. Oh, nap ass. Because oh, sometimes you just miss the hair. Yeah, um, you know they get curly, but you you can you stretch them out with the proper tools and mm, you know, and I then you can braid it. That's dancing with the devil, right mm. there is what that is. Straight, I mean, <laughs> using a straightening iron on your wee man's uh, wig is a bit. That's so dangerous. I wonder if it's safe to like put a weave. Hmm. I mean, I'm sure it's safe. It's probably not comfortable. Because if I could rock this same beard, like not mm. obviously not in full, but like scaled down, mm. and just have two of them, I man, I do think dude, that you could just cut it off and just maybe uh, like a like prop beard glue it down there. I mean, I guess, but because the other way, it's, it's that's like a juggling with McDonald's '90s coffee, like pantsless, and I don't think that anybody wants to do that. If I can acquire one. But I'll start an OnlyFans that day. A McDonald's coffee? You heard me. I mean, I can get you a McDonald's coffee. Not a from McDonald's the coffee and a nut tea. Internet tea? Wait. Wow. Wait. Wait. What, what would it be? Uh, no, I, I, it's really hard to mix goatee and testicles. Like, <laughs> so That's a good sentence. As, as words. I don't care like, who you are. That is a good sentence. Nut tea just doesn't make. Just, no, I mean so that doesn't sound right. You have to flip it over, flip it around. Maybe. I mean because you get nut tea when I teabag you, yeah. so that's no. not the same. You got you got uh, uh, so uh, uh, turn it around, weigh it down, and then reverse it. What is, it? is that what it is? <laughs> no, no, it's smack it up, flip it, rub it down. You know this. I don't actually. Oh know no! That. Beep beep! Who got the keys to the jeep? No 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 no! That I, that is the greatest line in any song ever beep beep who's got the keys to the jeep hmm. and it's all because she can't stand when it rains so tonight's episode hmm. is uh not necessarily about murder it could be interpreted that way maybe uh but only about the murder of our innocence it's a mystery kids it's a um a ruby ruby roo uh mystery where at the end we're going to go and take that guy's mask off, but he's not wearing a mask. So technically, I guess we might just be ripping some dude's face off. He is wearing overalls, though. But I always knew the bloody skeleton was the dude that was behind it all. Bloody skeleton! You Listen, know? bloody skeleton has several different jobs. Mm-hmm. He works a lot. Yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. when you see him, just give him a head nod and let him go mm-hmm. on about his business. He's a very busy dude. And he's all like... I thought I got him when he was a little kid's jaw tearing my face off. Yeah, it's pretty hard to understand him because he has no lips, so he can't yeah. pronounce certain letters very we well. We left him his tongue. I mean, well, what are we, monsters? Well, yeah, yeah. but without yeah. lips. Without lips. That's going to be, that's going to be, <laughs> that's going to be the name of your autobiography. Hmm. Hmm. The man without lips. Because I'm going to cut him off. <laughs> and you're going to be like this. Well, that just went to a much darker place than I was thinking. It wasn't that dark. There was one swinging, hanging light bulb in that room, and you know it. You felt the warmth. This episode is about UFOs, conspiracies as well, and Australia. 
I don't think that we've done a whole lot in Australia other than uh, what's her name, Crazy Face, Catherine Knight, cooking uh, guys for her guys' kids. Mm. This is not like that though. There, okay, so one kid gets cooked, but it's not, it's not to be fed, to, to fed to the father. It's uh, it's a community thing. They do it twice a year. It's really nice actually to have uh, decorations. They play a movie on like mm-hmm. a big inflatable, mm-hmm. big inflatable screen in the park, and then they sacrifice a child, and everybody gets a everybody gets a taste. I heard they like to switch it up some years mm-hmm. and do that whole like uh, you know hot coals in a in the hole in the ground yeah, sort of thing. Like a trust thing. It's like, like trust banana exercise. leaves and shit like that. Man, yeah. if you don't do that right, if you don't run across that hot coals in the ground correctly, your feet get all all busted up and burnt. I mean it. You, I got nothing for that, honestly. Because it's the truth. And people, this is a public service announcement. Just don't firewalk. Just Mm. don't do it. It's not worth it. Blisters hurt. And blisters certainly hurt on your feet. And then your socks are full of pus. Yeah, what's the fucking point? I'm sure there's there are many other ways you could uh, find to get your adrenaline rush and your... Mm -hmm. Walk on broken glass. like a Feeling of badassery. Go to the gas station in the bad part of town and... And make sure you make eye contact with every single person you see. Oh, go into one of those like snake charming churches mm-hmm. and just sit up there and I don't know, fucking laugh at them or something. Oh, oh, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. oh! Mm-hmm. Release the mice into the snake exactly. charming church. I, I was I was gonna say just sit in the front row and go ah snake. <laughs> I mean that that's eventful, but then you'll get actually all of them on you because you know somebody get that snake ah. <laughs> They're that kind of people. I feel that they would be that kind of people. That they'd be like, oh no, we must, you know, bless him. He's not. He doesn't know the holy power of a snake or a slammed door. He's Hmm. not been anointed yet with the blood or venom of the Lord. He has been annoying, though, with the slamming doors. Um, This is all about the Valentich disappearance. I can anoint you right now if you need to. Don't you touch me, you motherfucker. I still owe you a stabbing. I have the venom of the Lord. It is. It's a it's a hot and angry stabbing that's coming, and I mean like temperature wise hot. Oh. Fuck. I have been baking that knife at three hundred and eighty degrees mm. for twelve hours. Mm. I have to I have to pick Should be. to pick it up with that weird of glove. It's, it's there's no dexterity in it, but man, cauterizing and stabbing, and it doesn't matter that it's cauterized because you're gonna be. Stabbed anyway. It's gonna be so tender and have that delicious mm. like crust on the outside. It's gonna smell That's good. Like... I'm still not gonna taste it. I can't. Mm. I mean, I, mm. I'm not. I'm not that much. Mm. So here's the introduction to Frederick or Friedrich. Sorry, Friedrich Valentich. Valentich. V a l e n t i c h. Okay. Yes. Valentich. <clears throat> so. This is going to be all about the in-flight disappearance of Friedrich Valentich over the uh, Bass Strait. Oh. That, uh, Bass Strait is in Australia, and this happened on October 21st, 1978. Okay. And I, I bet his bell bottoms got in the way. He crashed. Probably, but I, I don't... Are there he, he pedals to press in a plane? He couldn't see in his rearview mirror because of his afro. His white afro was so out of control. He refused to take off those giant, ridiculous, oversized sunglasses, mm-hmm. even though, you know, it's his pedi- one of the rules. <laughs> his pediguana got on the flight stick. It just really fucked shit up. Dave wasn't there <laughs> the whole fucking time. Ah, oh, man. I don't know. 
I don't know anymore. I, you know what I do know? Is that uh, this, this man, this man among myths and legends that he is, uh, says here that he has become one of the most well-publicized mysteries of aviation since Amelia Earhart disappeared on July 3rd. 1937. Hmm. I have never fucking heard of him I was before gonna say, I saw this. And I'm and, just um, now hearing this? Yeah, and, and this one is like so much more UFO-centric than uh, I mean, I'm sure there are uh, Amelia Earhart theories where uh, they believe that she was abducted by UFOs or something. I'm, there have to be. Well, there would have to be. There I, to I, be. I think it stands to reason, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw one where ferries and, and motorbikes got together and they formed a gang and they took her down uh, just for laughs, but then they felt real bad about it right before she was like about to hit the ground, and they saved her with the fairy magic. Mm-hmm. Then the motorcycles were like, I'm like, I can't go back to the mouse like this. I can't. Was that that you, that that time that with the Yu-Gi-Oh duel? Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, know, it was on that island where uh, I don't know why all those kids were there with all those cards. Yeah, because that, that's I mean that sounds very uh, a lot of security cameras in the bathrooms. It's weird. See. I think it's a scam. It sounds very suspicious, like some sort of dueling tournament to me. They're just trying to sell timeshares. Um, cool so, kids, they say. Accounts of this tragic event may be found elsewhere, because I'm reading, I'm actually reading like a, like an actual paper on this, uh, which was written by Paul Norman. That's right, his name. Paul Norman. He's a, a uh, paper? Like a... Like a... Like a... Like a... a, a, like, a uh, like a book report or like an... Like a, an ap- an academic paper on the subject, yeah. With highlighting what exactly? Like what what was his? Uh, well, it's 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 Valentich's disappearance, new evidence, and a new conclusion. There we go. Yes, new uh, evidence, more speculation. Now this this Got it. is technically uh, from uh, the year two thousand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, so this was some college kids like, project no, or something. No, well, is it Richard F. Haynes. Uh, um, he's got his address here. He never I graduated. Know if, I don't know if we could do tell. But then Paul Norman, as well as as uh, Victorian UFO Research Society mm-hmm. uh, in Australia. Okay. Um, so he knows stuff. He knows stuff. Get off his back, man. He at least talked to some people that know what? some stuff. Just because he doesn't have a PhD, he can't have a fucking opinion. You know? No. Fucking dragon. Get off. Get, no, that's not how it works. Fucking dragon. That's not how it works, you know. You can't just. It can't. helps to have a PhD when you mm-hmm. have an opinion, but I don't think anybody without a PhD should be able to call themselves dragon. Mm. At the same time, if I met someone with a PhD that calls himself dragon, I, you know what? I probably would wonder. Like mm-hmm. my mind would go to many other places. I would be like, "How do I join your cult, dude?" I would have to ask. Sounds like, what, like it's pretty cool what's going on here yeah i'm already assuming that we can't have sex with anybody but you can have sex with everybody so i'm gonna go ahead and say i'm i'm ever so slightly prepared for that i guess i might come over on the weekends i will certainly be looking in your windows though a lot you're naked under that lab coat aren't you your lab coat in it yeah Mm. porky pig in it but it's Mm. it's called uh dragging it Guess where he He's keeps the pocket it. protector. He's dragging it. Get it? Nice. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, back to the lecture at hand. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, on the evening of October 21st, 1978, somewhere near Cape Otway, uh, which is southwest of Melbourne, Melbourne, uh, the, Melbourne. the testimony of three witnesses uh, is given here, uh, each of whom claimed they saw the airplane descending downward a steep 
angle with a much larger object in green lights flying just above it. Witnesses. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> a plot of the most profitable flight path. Probable. Mm-hmm. A plot of the most probable flight path. There, this paper has uh, maps with his uh, trajectories and flight paths and where cool. he should be kind of thing. Uh, it also has a full transcript of the last moments of his life, which Word. we will read. And is uh, uh, quite a gripping thing to, to, to behold, indeed. We do that. Yeah. Um, so they have the, that there. They're based on new evidence from these uh, these new witnesses, uh, which are eyewitnesses, flat out. They, these people saw this thing happen from uh, three different uh, points nice. in, in, uh, you know, in time space. So these are not three people that were together. These are Correct. three completely different. Ab- okay. Absolutely. All right. Uh, which That's not cool. only adds uh, to the, the credibility mm-hmm. of, of a person A's statement, but also gives you so much more information to be able to plot on these fucking maps. True that. To, you know, he was here at this time, up, well, about this time or about this place. And, and so you can better hopefully figure out where to look for his dead body right and there, you know and there may be some sort of disturbance in the land or trees or whatever you know what i mean that the right. evidence well, left I mean, of, this did happen in 1978 so it is some time has passed they probably um, wouldn't have thought to do all that mm, i mean they, maybe they did and uh but you know we can't now i wouldn't think uh, like i mean i'm sure if a plane crashed through some forest uh that you know, parts of the plane would still be there, but I would assume that the forest would have uh, retaken its its uh, its claim to its its lands law. I mean, fair enough. But if we're talking about something uh, in some flying thing mm-hmm. chasing an airplane, right? Uh, a large right. object. Like, Clearly, it, this yeah. thing has to be fast. It has to be maneuverable. It has to be intelligently controlled and it's got to be and it has to have some sort of way well that's true too i need a hero yeah i mean and it, and it has to have some sort of agenda well maybe it doesn't maybe it was just fucking with him and when the plane yeah. went down he flew off and laughed and fucking I mean, flipped what, him the bird and stuff what are the fucking chances that it didn't even notice that he was there because why would it it's that's like us going outside and, and stepping on an ant walking to the car i don't think it was all that i i, I think mm. no I, I, it definitely interacted uh, so, well, but but what yeah. what I was getting at though was that something something that big that that seems to have an agenda at least a short enough one that it is deliberately fucking with this plane. Mm-hmm. There is a chance, I would think, as a as an investigator, I would think that there is a chance that when this plane went down, said craft followed and landed, and something mm-hmm. happened. Perhaps. Perhaps, yeah, because you know, there's, there's a chance. There are people that witness these these crafts in the sky hmm. uh, together, and that's kind of it. But uh, it's really neat how uh, how the writers of this paper fill in the uh, the blanks of what is already known about them mm-hmm. and about the the what happened just by. Just by being able to plug things into a timeline Actually, that just has huge empty spots to it. You correctly know? analyze the data. Right. Yeah, that and, makes yeah. sense. Um, so, uh, so his plane, uh, his plane went down, like I said, in, in 78. Uh, and then uh, they had, uh, despite coordinated efforts of private uh, pilots and the Australian government, 
search and rescue airplanes, uh, which went out there immediately because he was uh, part of the Australian uh, Air Force type of thing, I, I believe. Was this um, a military plane? Uh, no. Uh, we'll get to it. He was like kind of on his off day. Okay. Kind of thing. And he was just doing this flight to do it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, even though all these people went out immediately and, and looked for uh, this, uh, this plane, they found no trace of his uh, Cessna DSJ. Its registration letters were at Delta Sierra Juliet. Did it go down over land or water? Um, and went down over Rachel. Oh, that bitch! Uh, land and water is what is around this area. I'll show you maps when we get to it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what has made this event such a perennial and popular mystery was the existence of an air-to-ground radio voice uh, guy, you know, transmission between... Uh, Valentich and the flight service specialist Steve Roby. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was working at Melbourne International uh, Tula Marine, uh, I guess is, is how hopefully that's pronounced, airport uh, at the time of, of uh, Valentich's disappearance. And um, other pilots actually overheard this transmission. And uh, it says here, because of the intense and immediate pressure on the civil aviation authorities, the Department of Transport uh, released a printed transcript of the conversation long before the official accident report was even issued. Wow. Yeah, which is, is kind of crazy, but other countries do stuff differently <laughs> sometimes, you know? Say, that's not something that would ever happen here. Right, 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 exactly. Um, so uh, the authors of this paper, uh, who are, again, R.F. Haynes and P. Norman, which right, P. Norman, mm-hmm. um, and Haynes and, Haynes and P., 52 Kangaroo Way, Melbourne. There, You would be shocked at how close you are to that actual address. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, no, I just, I, it's not even close. Uh, so facing You close. shut it. Shut it. Uh, so they uh, had heard the actual audio recording, uh, and then they spoke to the eyewitness uh, eyewitnesses for their descriptions, and and other sounds uh, that could have been other things and mm-hmm. anything like that. And uh, and uh, there's nothing in this 13-minute audio tape that contradicts the new evidence presented below, they say. Cool. And I, I actually believe them after reading this whole thing. I think they make a, a pretty good um, uh, cohesive argument for, for their, uh, their theory here. Okay. Um, so, let's see. Uh, Was there radar data to be had? Um... Yes, there, there. Uh, I mean, you know, it, there was, and they did see this thing, but okay. it's not like they had video recording of the radar data uh, back then or, or things like that. They, I mean, they could say we saw this here, and it, here's a piece of paper where it says that because I wrote it there. Mm, okay, okay, okay. I guess maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know how, how what the technology was right, capable right, right. of at that time, but I knew I know it exists, and that. Regardless, is one more piece of evidence, even if you can't, like, record it and prove right. physically that mm-hmm. it happened, you still got a room full of credible people. It's saying that, you know, yeah, we, whose we careers all are all along. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, so, uh, in, within here is, is compiled a list of uh, such events for the general period of 1948 to 1989, 55 cases involving airplane pacing. 
15 cases in which the aerial object completely circled the airplane one or more times. Really? So these are all uh, supposed uh, other UFO sightings or uh, interactions. Between what years? Uh, this is between uh, 48 and 89. So, wow. Yeah, over 40 years. Holy shit. Uh, so 55 cases involving airplane pacing, 15 cases in which the aerial object completely circled the airplane one or more times, 12 cases in which uh, the object suddenly disappeared from the pilot's sight, 22 cases involving a head-on approach to the airplane and near-miss by objects that did not appear to be planes, hmm. and scores of incidents in which onboard electromagnetic hardware was affected only when the UFO was nearby. I have some questions about all this info. I have... I might have an answer for you or two. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, just out of curiosity, who's putting forth that info? Is it, like, the FAA? Um... Like, like, who's letting that info out? No, who's who's collecting that data and then, yes, well, letting I'm sure, that I'm info sure, out? I'm sure the, the Australian... Uh, like, MUFON and shit like that, I'm sure, yes, but, but... Yeah, no, like, the Australian Air Committee or whatever is probably... Right, I so mean, they, the FAA. I mean, they would well, have to... Us, yeah, they but. would have to... They would have to collect that data, period, even if they thought it was gobbledygook nothingness because that is right. what they are told happened in their skies. So then that brings me on to my next question, mm -hmm. which would be, you know, okay, now you have um, this data based on actual physical evidence and or, you know, credible uh, hearsay, mm -hmm. let's say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A fairly credible hearsay. Um, and all of these numbers happening over a 40-year span, 41-year span, all of these things would have to be investigated by their people, by the FAA, mm -hmm. like by the aviation people, and yada, yada, yada. Realistically, how far could you go into an investigation as such? Well, for this particular mm -hmm. one, obviously not very far, but, mm -hmm. but for several others that actually mm -hmm. do land and have this you know, story to tell and witnesses and whatever, mm -hmm. then yeah, you, you would, there would have to be some sort of investigation done and on file, which then yeah. leads me True. to mm -hmm. uh, this must, these numbers must have then, I would think, been compiled after all these investigations were done because I mean, during well i say that because mm -hmm. you know if you take the, the like the project blue book shit mm -hmm. uh where they said okay well we had let's say a thousand reports mm -hmm. we investigated all of them and here's 12 that we right, could not right, explain right. right everything else we we know what it is and it was that stupid cat with a stupid magnifying glass just being an asshole again but right. this 12, the cat was there, but we know for a fact he didn't have his, his magnifying glass because he hadn't gotten it yet. And all of these numbers seem to be based on aviation occurrences, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. then leads me to, you know, going back to the credible witness sort of thing. Right. Like everybody's career is on the line here. Things need to be figured out because... But we, but we know from just other stories we, we've uh, touched on before that... Uh, a credible witness does not make uh, a believed story, which is which is a shame because there are some credible witnesses that, especially in like James T. Abbott's book, mm. that uh, that I would run across that are like, okay, this person literally, literally, I never said uh, an incorrect thing in their life, 
Not because they're scared of saying an incorrect thing. It's just because that's who this person is, obviously. Why can we not now believe this person? And I'll tell you why. It's because people would rather believe themselves than any truth from a stranger or loved one. That is... It's sad, so but it, accurate it's the and, fucking human way, isn't it? Oh my goodness, do we all come across that at least once when you're trying to tell somebody mm-hmm. something and teach them that they're doing shit wrong and they don't believe you until they fuck it up and then some other asshole comes along and goes, hey, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. And they come back and tell you, hey, look at what I learned. And the, the scariest thing about that is, uh, is uh, that incorrect... Uh, and really, pig-headedness usually comes from just from offhandedly hearing something from someone else. They just happen to hear the information first, mm-hmm. the the incorrect information first, and then well, now that's their information, and that's their that's their fucking Bible, that's their God. Well, either that or they. I, I, what I've always uh, settled on because I'm an asshole is that he is an asshole, guys. Don't worry. They have decided somewhere in their heads that they cannot always admit to me that I'm right. Mm. So they try to, like, throw some monkey wrenches and bullshits in there every now and then so that, you know, my head doesn't get too big and I don't tell everybody that they're idiots more than I already do. They had to open that that monkey wrench store that just sold monkey wrenches because Chris is such an asshole about things sometimes once he told me i didn't pee in his toilet and i'm like i know that i peed in your sink and he's like that's right you did and i'm like yeah i know Mm -hmm. i had to beat him with a monkey wrench Mm -hmm. and he was like fine we can still agree then and i'm like that's right motherfucker well i mean the the whole be a sweetie and lift the cd you know what i mean don't Mm -hmm. drip on my shit is it doesn't apply strictly to toilets when you're fucking splashing on my mirror and shit like my toothbrush is chilling right there i'll fucking kill you well i had to sit on a seat over the and and all i had was the bar stools at your house and i was like so uh here's the selected background information of uh pilot friedrich valentich uh he was 20 years old that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, ripe, fresh young man, barely with... Uh, uh, At the a, time of this incident? Barely with a curly to his name, sir. Holy fuck. I wouldn't even have... Well, I guess back in the day, yeah, maybe. But mm. I would not imagine you can even legally get a pilot's license under the age of 21. You can't. Uh, you're not legally allowed to drive a fucking big rig, an 18-wheeler. You can't legally buy a pack of cigarettes. Um, so he made arrangements with uh, Southern Air Service... Located at the Morabin, uh, wait, Morabibin, or Morabinbin? M-O-O-R-A-B-B-I-N. Morabin. Why are there two B's there? Morabin. What the fuck? Oh. So that place, uh, it was a, it was at an airfield south-southwest of Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne. Sorry, guys, in, in Melbourne. <laughs> I'm going to say it correctly from that one. Uh, from the city center there. To- I refuse! Uh, he went there to rent a Cessna 182L model. Mm-hmm. It's a single-engine, propeller-driven airplane for his night flight that he planned on taking. Uh, he submitted this plan to the briefing officer at the airfield at 5.20 p.m., and he took off alone at 6.19 p.m. Well, that answers one of my other questions. Mm-hmm. This shit happened at night? Yeah. All right. Yeah, at dusk, really. Okay. Like, you know, it, it's turning into night. Um, so for what 
was to be, uh, in quotes here, a uh, full reporting flight, which means that he was supposed to check in by radio with flight service personnel and at a uh, certain... Uh, you know, certain checkpoints, sure. uh, defined checkpoints for safety reasons. Yeah, because um, yeah, he's in a tiny little single-engine prop. Right, right, right. Fucker. Uh, his des- his destination was uh, King Island, which is about halfway between the Australian mainland and the tip of Tasmania. Uh, he would be flying at 120 miles an hour, uh, neglecting for uh, uh, wind effects. Uh, the journey from Cape Otway to the nearest point of land on King Island would be about 48 miles. It's about 24 minutes of flight, so less than a half an hour flight. That's what I was about to look Mm -hmm. up. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Flying at 4,500 feet altitude, uh, the sun would set at 6.48. Let's remember he set off at 6.19. It was set at 6.48, but it was almost 7 when uh, Valentich finally reached the first uh, designated radio reporting point near near Cape Otway. so this conclusion uh, apparently is based on a complete flight path reconstruction, including prevailing wind conditions. Uh, his radio call at uh, 900 hours. Is mm-hmm. that not right? Nine. That's 9 a.m. No, p.m. 900 hours is 9 a.m., well, so 9 p.m. 9 o'clock would be 17. 1,700 hours and 29 seconds. Uh, he stated, Melbourne... Delta Sierra Ju- Juliet, Cape. No, that's not right. That would be 9 p.m., sorry. Okay, that's what I said, 9 p.m. No, fuck no. Yes, 9 p.m. And, okay, look, 9 o'clock p.m. and 29 seconds, period. He stated. I was thinking military time, 12 plus. Mm, he stated. Melbourne, Melbourne, uh, Delta Sierra Juliet, now at Cape Otway, descending for King Island. He was right on time at this point. Uh, there's a two-hour, you know, time difference uh, between uh, the official transcript and his time where he was at. A whole 24-minute flight, there's two-hour time difference? Well, no, That's the, crazy. Just the people he was talking to were much further away. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, so, according to his flight plan, he planned to climb to at least 4,500 feet altitude for his water crossing uh, for both safety and visibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is nothing. And then it's assumed that he made this ascent... Uh, like well before actually reaching Apollo Bay, which is where the water he was trying to ascend above was. Uh, several eyewitnesses observed his blue and white Cessna from the resort town of Apollo Bay as it flew southwest over the water at an unspecified distance. Several local pilots have pointed out that it is normal procedure to cut the corner, uh, and that's in quotes, mm-hmm. at, at the Cape when flying to King Island, uh, which means, of course, not to fly all the way to... Not to fly all the way to, to, to Port Franklin, uh, Crayfish Bay, or the lighthouse itself before turning left. Um, I, this, is, this is the map here. Mm-hmm. So this is the Cape, and this is his... That's where he went. <laughs> uh, so... The loop-de-loop. As a loop-de-loop supreme, is, is what Taco Bell would call it. Um, Only if it has tomatoes and sour cream on it. Mm-hmm. I like tomatoes and sour cream. Uh, that's because you're gross. That's fine. Uh, so he had actually flown the same exact route in the past, and uh, presumably he cut the corner on this flight as well. Doing so would shorten his trip about six miles, saving both time and fuel. Uh, their terrifying picture that's always the thumbnail is never in the actual video. Yeah? Motherfucker. What? And you know what? It's not important. What's important it is... It wasn't. It just... It's just... 
annoying. That's right on time to fuck me up. I love you, Chris. No, it wasn't you, you. It was her. I know. But no, I'm just saying that, you know, you're loved. That's all. Take me with you. I don't think that's <laughs> what this pulse is about, but... Is it not so tingling, sir? If you're using the force to... That's much. <sighs> I'm using the nuts, man. That's what it is. Why not... Pulse every time you that crosses your mind. Did my stupid internet uh, looking at? No, okay, my my thing's still here. Okay, ready? Oh, I think so. And Zach Morris, time twelve times twelve. Zach Morris, and that's too too many Zach Morrises. Zach Morai. Mmm, Morrissey's. And they just turn into locusts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. got fucking 12 Zach Morrissey's, and they all turn fucking redhead, Dude. and they all just start eating people. That would be a fucking problem. I think that would be a good summer blockbuster movie. Like, <clears throat> like a, almost like a reboot, hey, thought you, you mm-hmm. know, you thought we would yeah. never do something like this. Yeah, you, fucking... you thought that this was just going to be a Saved by the Bell uh, reunion. Uh-uh. Guess what? You're fucking wrong. Run for your life, you motherfuckers. Saved by the Bell almost survives the zombie apocalypse. The only thing that deters the Zach Morai, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Bell, you saved by the Bell, literally. That would be hilarious. I, and I, I, I don't know if I'm going to put that in the show. I, I think, think absolutely I, necessary. I think we need to talk a little more about that. So, um, so he. he he takes this the shortcut that he's taken before. He's taken. He's done this before. Cutting the um, bonus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Uh, now they had interviewed fishermen who camped along the Parker River, uh, which is the south point of uh, this map that I might show somehow to someone. Um, and uh, they apparently saw the Cessna make the turn to go this way, um, which is about three to four miles uh, east northeast. Okay. I don't like that direction at all. Mm-hmm. It it looks like eeny. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, all caps too, like they're fucking yelling at you in some uh, weird language. Eeny! On the Cape Otway Lighthouse, uh, that's where that's around. Uh, the eastern sky was now dark because, as we we saw, it was going to turn dark before seven that, that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and although the western sky still had just a little tinge of magical little orange sparkles mm-hmm. just hanging out right along where the horizon would be if the earth, earth weren't flat. Naturally. You know, um, <laughs> uh, that likely helped him maintain what flight path he had uh, up to the point. Uh, but after changing his heading to the left, he probably continued out on out over Bass Strait toward the non-directional beacon, which is the NDB. Okay. That's my favorite TV station, is the NDB. The NDB? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's, nah, dude, brah. I had sex with an NPC once. You had sex with a non-playable character? You know I did. And the lives that are real? Oh, I played her. Are you so, yeah, I mean, that's like a bullet, though, mm. or whatever. You like your, your flashlight? Flush? Flashlight? I do what I want. Don't fucking judge me. I'm not judging. I'm just trying to maybe give our our listeners a little bit more info on the... I'm not, no? I'll give you the sloppy you sh- details later. The listeners Mm-mm. can see the pictures on Patreon. <laughs> um, so, blah, blah, blah. He's flying to King Island still, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, we get to where he is uh, about 
110 to 120 miles an hour, 4,500 feet, on his way there, doing great. Uh, but then he reports by radio to Steve Roby, uh, who is now, uh, you know, handling this section of air, basically, <laughs> uh, keeping track of all the stuff that goes on in it, um, that he saw a, and I quote, a large aircraft below 5,000 feet. Um, the time then was exactly 9.06.14 p.m. And that is according to the official transcript. Um, way later than it was supposed to be. Yeah, he, he was supposed to take uh, 20-something minutes or whatever, you know? Um, so, and it, we are now going to read into the, uh, the, the Valentich Disappearance official voice transcript between Flight Services, which is FS, and the Cessna aircraft, which is DSJ. So, um, Chris and I are going to do our best to to uh, to get this out to you guys in a in a, a digestible conversation like tone, instead of uh, me tripping my way through it. So, from the parts that say from DSJ, I'll read that. The parts that say from FS, you'll read that. Hi. All right. So. I don't have to do it in an Australian accent, do I? No, because I am awful at that. I, I mean, I think we should do it in accents, but I think we should just let whatever happens fly. Mm. You know? So, the time, 9.06.14 p.m. Mm-hmm. Melbourne! This is Delta Sierra Juliet. You're skipping me. You took my part. You just no, told me I'm I was DS- supposed to read I'm that. I'm from DSJ. You are from FS. You're, oh, okay. I see. Yes. I fucked that one up. Son of a bitch. Melbourne! This, no. Uh, Melbourne. This is Delta Sierra Juliet. Is there any known traffic below 5,000? Delta Sierra Juliet. No known traffic. Delta Sierra Juliet. Uh, I am seems to be a large aircraft below 5,000. What type of aircraft is it? Uh, I, I can't... I, I cannot affirm. It is four bright... Uh, it seems to me like landing lights. What the fuck? And this is the next minute. This is 9.07. Okay. This statement affirms to the pilot that the person on the ground heard his transmission. I'm guessing it went a lot like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melbourne, this is uh, DSJ. The aircraft has just passed over me at at least... At least thousand feet above roger and it is a large aircraft confirm um my name's not roger are you sure that we're talking oh um no wait uh unknown due to the speed it's traveling is there is there any air force aircraft in the vicinity no known aircraft in the vicinity roger next minute 908 uh, Melbourne, it's approaching now from due east uh, towards me. Delta Sierra Juliet. And then there's an open microphone for two seconds. And then we hear DSJ. It seems to me that he's playing some sort of game. He's, he's flying over me two, three times at a, t- at a time, speeds I can't, I couldn't even identify. What is your actual level? My level is four and a half thousand. Four five zero zero, and confirm you cannot identify the aircraft. Affirmative. 
Roger. Stand by. Uh, Melbourne, uh, DSJ here. Um, it's not an aircraft. It's, and then there's an open microphone for two seconds. Um, and then. Melbourne, can you describe the uh, aircraft? As it's flying past, it's a long shape. And then there's an open microphone for three seconds. I can't identify more than that. It, it has such speed. Open microphone for three seconds. It's, it's before me right now, Melbourne. Roger. And how large would the uh, object be? And then this is 9.10 p.m. Uh, Melbourne, it seems like it's uh, stationary. Uh, what I'm doing right now... Uh, what I'm doing right now is orbiting, and the thing is just orbiting on top of me also. It's got a green light and a sort of metallic light. Uh, it's all shiny on the outside. Delta Sierra Juliet? Open mic for five seconds. Uh, it's, just, it's just vanished. Delta Sierra Juliet. And then 9-11. Uh, the time, not the day. Um, Melbourne, would you know what kind of aircraft I've got? It's a, it's a type of military aircraft? Confirm the uh, aircraft just vanished. Say again? Uh, is the aircraft still with you? It's a... Uh, no. And then there's an open microphone for two seconds. Now approaching from the southwest. Delta Sierra Juliet. The engine is, it's rough idling. I, I've got to set it at 23, 24, and the thing's coughing. Roger, what are your intentions? And this is 9-12. My intentions are uh, to go to King Island. Um, Melbourne, this strange aircraft is hovering on top of me again, and there's an open microphone for two seconds. Uh, it's hovering, and it's not an aircraft. Delta Sierra Juliet. Melbourne, open mic for 17 seconds. A very strange pulsed noise is also audible during this transmission. Delta Sierra Juliet, Melbourne. And that is the end of the official DOT transcript. Um, so that is the entire uh, exchange between this pilot and his only lifeline to any kind of information. Uh, but it's interesting. They only have information as a lifeline if things are going as planned and they know if a plane is in a certain area at a certain time it's supposed to be and you know especially in, in these days it's not like they can just scramble a bunch of fucking supersonic fighter jets to go uh, check out what's happening right this is all you're you're hearing this as it's happening as uh, you're there with this guy saying these things to you as he sees them and the only thing that you can do as air traffic control type person is try and find out as much as you can so that you can maybe give him something to to help whatever weird fucking situation he's found himself in. Mm -hmm. um, and, and much like, you know, uh, emergency responders, he's, he, regardless of how he may feel about the situation, he can't really let on that he's all excited and worried and all that kind of stuff because right. then it just makes the pilot panic. And it seems strange to me that it doesn't... I mean, it seems like the pilot's concerned, but he's not freaking out. Yeah, because... Uh, um, and what's, what's super weird about that is that when we hear stories of, of uh, especially military uh, pilots seeing 
you know, fucking Foo Fighters and shit, it's always just, it almost seems like they're in the know and they just know not to freak out about it or whatever because mm-hmm. they're, maybe they're pre-warned, hey, this could happen, I guess, but that can't fucking be possible. They, they like the, the government would have to come out to every single pilot and be like, "Look, aliens are real. You might run into some. Blah blah blah. Mm. See you later." Mm. And as fun as that is as a Seinfeld episode, uh, this this don't track to me, no. and I would be flipping my shit. Yeah, like guys, okay, it's real. It's real. I'm looking at one. It's there. I see it. Fucking, uh, I need diapers. New <laughs> ones. New ones. Don't give me no old diapers. And. Uh, I think I need you to call my family because I, I've got a, got a TV show to pitch them. Seriously. Yes. So, uh, during a visit to the area between Cape Otway and the resort town of Apollo Bay, uh, the authors of this paper, uh, started talking to Mr. Ken Hansen, which is uh, a pseudonym, uh, who was then age 67. He lives in the resort town of Apollo Bay, and he told the authors in 1991 that he said he had seen, with his two nieces, an odd aerial event the same night that Valentich had disappeared. Um, so they then asked if he would take them to uh, the original observation site mm-hmm. to get a better you know, bearing of, of where they would be. Right. Um, and they could you know, more faithfully reconstruct the steps of the sighting. Um, he agreed and, and, and showed him where it was. So, these are the sighting details obtained from Mr. Hansen. Uh, he and his two nieces had been shooting rabbits. <laughs> That's a weird start to a sentence. Okay. On the late afternoon of October 21st, 78, in the hills about two kilometers west of Apollo Bay in the direction of Mariner's Falls. He said that it was dark, uh, dusk, sorry, uh, but he couldn't recall the exact time. They were in his four-wheel drive vehicle driving east on uh, Bearham Valley Road toward his home on the southern outskirts of the town. Um, and so there's uh, an actual drawing that was done here <clears throat> of the just the, the, the simple route that he would take because he ended up stopping three different times. So there is this road, which isn't exactly a straight road. It goes pretty straight uh, for the first two stops and then curves over this bridge and kind of does a half half of a U turn uh, to get back to the third. Um, so, he said he was driving, he was in the left front seat, and uh, one niece, Tracy, was sitting in the right front seat. His other niece was in the back. Uh, Tracy's first sighted, wait, Tracy first sighted colored lights in the sky on the right side. The automobile was traveling about 30 miles an hour at the time in the left lane. Suddenly, she said, Hey, what's that light in the sky? So they get out and they look. So they like, whatever, you know, it's lights. Get over it, Tracy. Nobody ever listens to Tracy. Always excitable. Idiot. Tracy. Idiot Tracy. So the automobile continued uh, and Hanson, of course, is craning his neck out the window to, to try and see what she's pointing at. Um, and he, he caught sight of uh, a couple of lights and said, those are just lights of an airplane. No, she replied. I'm a fucking scientist and I should know better. That didn't happen. I, I added that part. I just, you don't talk to people like, oh, that's just fucking plain lights, you idiot. I see. So she said, no. I mean, the other large green light that's above the airplane. Um, 
So he drove on and then turned to look again about 10 to 15 seconds later, and at which point he also was able to, to make out two separate sets of lights in the clear but darkening sky. They were now near point B in the figure, um, which is about halfway. Uh, they continued down the road, and although he was now slowing down because the left turn over this bridge, um, he also wanted to see the, the strange lights better. Um, so he lived near a small airstrip located just south of Apollo Bay, and he is pretty knowledgeable about the aircraft and the appearance of their lights at night. He noted clearly the familiar lights of a small airplane, uh, which would be white navigational lights and red wing tip lights. Um, they were both visible. Uh, he told us that the colored lights on the aircraft were separated by about the same angle that's uh, subtended by a marble. <clears throat> okay, so like if you have a marble in your hand, mm -hmm. you know, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, both aerial objects had passed through a 30 degree arc toward the east during this initial sighting interval, which lasted about 28 seconds. Not wanting to stop on the small bridge crossing uh, Barham River, he drove up on about 20 miles uh, per hour and finally decelerated to zero at point C uh, of the figure that no one else can see. So it I'm takes sorry. skill to do that. Yeah, to go to zero. From a whole 30 miles mm -hmm. an hour? Man. Man to, and safely, too. Yeah. Without, the, without your niece's heads just flying off. That guy knew very well what he was doing. I have gone through so many nieces. I swear, I can't make enough sandwiches to, to you know, have stuff to do with them all. It's ridiculous. It's like, yeah, because what do you what do? You do? Eat this sandwich and shut up. We'll go shoot rabbits later, you know? Um, yeah, that's much less <laughs> awful than what I was thinking. Yeah. So, um, it's he said, you know, it's not uncommon to see a whole bunch of small airplane lights in the vicinity at this time of day, night, whatever. Um, but the large green light was pretty fucking unusual, and uh, so he pulled over, stopped, and got out of the car. Uh, he said that when he did, um, that he, he clearly saw a second, much larger, greenish circular light, uh, and I quote, like it was riding on top of the airplane. Its angular diameter was equivalent to that of a tennis ball held at arm's length. I love the way these people are giving us uh, size differences and how to picture them in our heads. Right. That's actually really cool. So the, the airplane is a marble. This fucking green light is a fucking tennis ball. That's insanely huge. That's, that's much. That's much larger. Yeah. Um, so for an angular ratio of the two objects, <laughs> arms. It's like the size right, of a fucking superdome. It's about one to four. It says. Okay. So uh, so the plane is one. The green light is four. Um, its color was similar to the navigation lights on an airplane, uh, but he also said it kept a constant distance above and slightly behind the airplane's lights at all times. He stood watch for another 15 to 20 seconds until both lights disappeared from sight. Thus, the entire sighting from point A to point C lasted only about 93 seconds. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's nuts. Uh, so... so the witnesses never saw the airplane strike the ground or the sea. Right. And, and it seems, it sounds like they never even really saw it in any kind of danger. Mm -hmm. I mean, they maybe noticed the thing chasing it and, and would assume danger, but right. never saw duress or crazy flying or whatever. You no know? smoke, no nothing. Yeah. Right. So uh, this is estimating airplane position. 
although there are too many unknowns to calculate the definitive flight path, um, they felt that there should be, be made some uh, effort to estimate the position of the Cessna had it continued downward uh, relatively uh, straight, you mm -hmm. know, at where they last saw it there. Um, one difficulty in this regard arises from the possibility that the airplane and the accompanying light may not have been flying in a plane of travel normal to the line of sight, but obliquely toward or away from the witnesses. Mm -hmm. So in other words, shit that's in the sky, you, you have no bearing on its bearing. Mm -hmm. You can see it, you can think it's doing something, and at, uh, actually a very... Uh, the very thing happened to me last night. I fucking was... We live very, very close to the airport. Too close to the airport. And uh, I saw a plane take off. And when these planes take off from here, they very rarely just shoot straight out or whatever. There's usually a turn, right, when they get off the, the runway. And this plane looked like it had turned and was coming straight toward me. Uh, when, in fact, this plane had come out and turned and was flying in the very opposite direction. And it's because you can't... Like, the turn, when you only see a very vague detail of this smaller plane, you can't notice that it's getting further away uh -huh. until uh -huh. seconds after that initial turn. Because all you see is... I basically, it basically looked like the plane took off, kind of stopped in the sky for a second... And then got smaller going away. Mm -hmm. But that stop in the sky for a second totally looked like it was coming toward my direction. Right. So it's, it's hard to, to, to estimate anything like that, really. Yeah, and it makes perfect sense, especially if the plane is, is at, at that time, by chance, um, changing its elevation. Yeah, yeah exactly, because they're, they're flying... They, they're operating on an extra dimension that uh -huh. we can't travel at that at that moment <clears throat> so it's hard to to uh, to, to see that shit you know um, so uh, blah 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 they're trying where they saw them last a straight descent toward the horizon mm -hmm. so uh, so uh, if it was the case that this was happening then even a level flight path could appear to descend toward the horizon when viewed from the uh, the ground. Mm -hmm. uh, this well-known optical illusion would make it appear as if the airplane was descending when it was not. Right. Hmm. <clears throat> so there's no way to test his possibility, this possibility in regard to his flight. If the plane uh, was normal to the their sight, there should be a splash point, mm -hmm. basically. So they can shoot an arrow from where they last fucking saw him, and that arrow should land where that fucking plane should be. Mm-hmm. Presumably. Right. But, um, it's not. Okay. It's not there. It would be in the water in this spot. It's not. So what do you do then? What do you do? What do you do when it's not where the fuck it should be, Chris? I mean, all you can really do is search surrounding areas or fucking give up. I think you ask its best friends and then you ask secretly his one best friend that's actually an enemy because that guy knows it all and he'll fucking tell it to the world yep that he will that's, that he will. that's me and that's his mom. me for you and his mom i will yeah. tell you guys anything you want to know about chris email us at 
snhnsnpod at gmail.com. Better late than never, is what I say. Care of Jason Rambo's nipples. Jason Rambo don't care about no nipples. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes, sir. My, okay, one question mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, they said he, he planned out his, his itinerary and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and he was over two hours late getting to the first checkpoint, which is only a few minutes away by actual flight time and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. Mm-hmm. Do they ever say what the hell held him up? What, what took so long? Um, no, maybe. I don't, it, it, there's a lot of technical jargon in this, uh, this thing because they're trying to uh, precisely plot right. uh, this guy's uh, a trip and everything. But uh, let's see. So uh, a hypothetical aircraft flight plan, flight path, flight path, flight path. Flight path. Uh-huh. That's where we're at now. So um, so there, there's uh, one figure here that uh, that plots it out this certain thing uh, where <clears throat> it says uh, the main object of this flight path reconstruction is to bring the aircraft's position into correspondence with where Mr. Hansen and the girls say they saw it, and uh, basically, uh, and the splashdown, and the Bass Straits, where he was, should have been, and where he, he was talking to the guy, and the flat, flight path reconstruction on the the, the whole uh, talk with the guy that ended uh-huh. uh, at, at about 9 or 6, or started at 9 or 6, uh, that at that point, he just became disoriented. And he was scared because he had a fucking UFO uh, about to, you know, really give it to him hardcore from behind and above and uh, much larger than he could handle. Um, No reach around. Exactly. So uh, they think that maybe he just got super disoriented and and just in a panic started to try to bank back toward the mainland uh, for safety or that the, the, the object above him somehow affected his compass and he thought he was continuing to his original destination. Um, they've had, like we said, other, a number of other magnetic compass interference cases there. Sure. Um, so the, the, the writers of this paper assume the following, and let's see if we can agree with this. Uh, one, the Cessna's altitude began to descend at about 9, 10, 30. Uh, shortly after Valentich began to fly in circles, his orbit, he talks about... His engine began to malfunction at 9, 11, 52. Mm-hmm. Okay, number two. The airplane continued to, to descend at approximately 500 feet per minute so that the airplane was at 2,000 feet altitude upon reaching point B in the figure that they show. Okay. So it's it's steadily going down because I'm guessing by this point he is either disoriented or malfunctioning mm-hmm. enough to where... He still thinks he might be flying this plane competently, and he's really not, just not nosediving, but he's going on a pretty straight straight flight down. Wow. Um, okay. So, uh, radio transmissions ceased after 9-12-45 because of progressive line-of-sight signal loss caused by the Earth's curvature. Uh-huh. As if the Earth is curved. These motherfuckers. Apparently, they didn't get the memo. Mm-mm. So, of course, there's no way to actually determine the accuracy of this hypothetical flight path because they had no way to keep uh, any kind of transmission going with him because the fucking fat-ass Earth's butt got in the way. Mm. But a small, dark oval object with a dashed trail is also drawn in at various lo- locations here to show where the uh, the UFO was chasing him. It's a very confusing 
confusing map. Um, I bet. Okay. Yeah. Unless you're a pilot. You're a pilot, bitch. Yeah. I, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm. So their summary is based on what they already know about the flight plan and what can be learned and blah, 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 blah. Uh, they would conclude that uh, he likely crashed into Bass Strait. Uh, the ground witness testimony places the airplane's approximate flight path somewhere uh, around these places and, and, and degrees and, and such such, which we don't know anything about. And if you know something about it, good for you, I guess. Um, so the most likely range of distance from the witnesses is 3 to 12 miles, uh, and there has been no wreckage of the airplane found whatsoever. If he had crashed on land, uh, search and rescue personnel would have found crash debris in the 20 years following that night of disappearance and this investigation, which they did not. Uh, locating a crash at sea is far more difficult, of course, because it's underwater. Um, so maybe they were a little less, a little more lackadaisical about the task, I suppose. I'm sure it's expensive as fuck, too. Yeah, exactly. So, um, the, but the authorities did search it pretty well and, and found fucking nothing. Uh, so, uh, also though, this Cessna could have flown a distance of 27.5 miles at 110 miles an hour during this 15 minutes. So it could have flown 27 and a half miles in the time period he was just on the fucking call, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but what direction? What direction, you say? And I don't. I know, I know that you don't know. I'm going to say east, east, northeast. East, northeast, you say? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Possible he could have flown back toward the mainland, of course, like we said earlier. Which would be south, uh, southwest? That's, I don't know anymore. Uh, so, uh... He, he, of course, had reported that the strange aircraft was hovering on top of him and was also not a fucking aircraft. Right. Um, so, uh, I did say that a couple times. Yeah, a few, a few times. Yes, exactly. Um, let's see. So, according to an Australian marine research report, Bass Strait is a shallow continental shelf with an average depth of from 50 to 70 meters. It's not that deep. No. Uh, tide and wind action results in the mixing of the Bass Strait and uh, Tasman Sea, causing the saltier, colder surface waters to sink down and fall, much like waterfalls down the continental shelf slope, huh. be- beginning midway between Finders Island, Flan- Flinders, Flinders, F L I N D E R S. What I don't know. Flinders Stupid Island and the Flinders. Victorian Coast. Stupid Flinders Island. So basically, they're saying if it did go in the water, there's a waterway feeding into the waterway that it acts like an underwater waterfall which is fun to say and I didn't think I could get it out but so it, what it would just sink faster it would certainly just it would it would uh, it would spread the fucking debris okay you know the the, for, the force of this uh, forcing itself into uh, the other uh, body of water uh, uh, I'm, I'm guessing consensually uh, we would hope so, but but still, with this particular body of water not being all that deep with today's technology, we could totally see to the bottom True. of that. But I mean, he says here, and this is in ninety whatever uh, that they did this uh, because of the velocity and force of the currents. Uh, it's likely that underwater debris may be carried uh, a long distance. Mm-hmm. The relatively low mass aluminum structure of his airplane wouldn't sink exactly quickly. Uh, nor would it very much dig into the, the bottom of the, the, the bay. Um, 
as you know, you throw out an anchor, it's this giant, heavy, fucking iron thing that's going to hit and fucking really dig in. But his, I mean, it's a, it's an airplane. It's it's meant to be uh, smooth and and not have harsh angles that will catch things. You know. So it should be sitting right on top and should have kicked up minimal silt mm-hmm. to then eventually set, uh, you know, settle and cover it again. Right, unless it disintegrated on impact as well. Well, not disintegrated, but fell apart, you know? That'd be crazy. Um, yeah, because... Uh, so it, it could be possible to locate a particular area where such debris would accumulate over time. Uh, so computer simulations should be run to develop estimates of the debris field on the sea bottom, giving tides and currents in the vicinity of the probable impact of mm-hmm. his plane. Um, so uh, in the end, we don't and may never know uh, what happened to him uh, but I think that he deserves to be found sure um, of course and I think that I, I mean I agree with the writers of this that the underwater is the, the place to look um, but that's that's the most we get out of of it as far as we don't know anything else about the UFO there was just this giant fucking green light that was chasing a pilot for 15 minutes and then nothing that's it's interesting to me that the eyewitness reports all took place before the end of the conversation when all communication cuts off so we have no eyewitness reports after the communication cuts off therefore solidifying yet even more so (laughs) that we have no fucking clue what happened all you can I, I mean it does it does help things to know that he absolutely was there when he said he was there because these people saw him there. True. The fact that this phone conversation... Phone conversation. The fact that this conversation uh, went on for however many minutes afterwards when these people could no longer have a uh, line of sight uh, with the, the happening, uh, that is the complete unknown, and we can only estimate or or really uh, hypothesize that he either stayed on track and fucking went down like an arrow or freaked the fuck out and question marks just a plenty like oops all question marks which I guess in a panic state is possible it could happen to anyone at any time in any situation but but pilots are trained not to fly off course unless they're given the go-ahead because they don't know what the fuck else is in the air. Although he did ask several times, is there anything else up here? Right. So that would have been, yeah. They're like, nah, bro. Go ahead, I guess, but still. Ain't nothing there. But he didn't, like, in that whole transcript, he mentioned something about setting it down, I thought is what I understood that, but he didn't. Well, he, they, they said that maybe he, he made a beeline for the shore and the relative safety of land to maybe find a place to set down. Um, maybe, but he didn't even act like he was in like real distress or real trouble. Like There was almost zero emotion. There was confusion. Yeah, there's cer- there certainly confusion. <laughs> but there wasn't a whole lot of emotion to speak of. It Like panic, no... no I don't know. I don't know. No, and, and you're you're absolutely right. And it's strange. Uh, not only are you absolutely right about that, um, it is. It's like I said before. It is fucking. It's odd to an uncanniness, how blasé, 
pilots can be about such insanely fantastical things. Right. I mean, but I guess once you are master of the skies and God can no longer hold you down to his corporeal earth, then it's all up to you, you know? Indeed. It's all, it's all up to you. It's all up to you. Corporeal sucks anyway. I'm, I'm prefer, uh, you know, chocolate chip mint or... I like corporeal socks just fine. You know, maybe, maybe some nice pralines and cream. Pralines and cream! Indeed. Give us a recipe. Give us a, a good recipe for pralines and cream. Is it just pralines and cream? Is that all it is? Together, it's just pralines and cream. You put them in a bowl and you eat them? It's like a cereal type of thing, but thicker? If, if you have the right ice cream maker, mm. I imagine that could work, yeah. Yeah, I, I suppose mm. that would work. Wouldn't mm. be exactly ice cream, necessarily. It'd be more like frozen, thick milk with praline pieces in it, but... It's not to say that it wouldn't be tasty. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is to say it wouldn't be tasty. Mm-hmm. Yes. What? Not a damn thing. So I'm looking up a, a more uh, a recent article here about uh, this fucker here. And uh, and no, it fucking Mr. Roby here says it's still an open case. That was the guy that spoke to him. Uh-huh. Um, if it was much closer to the area where he went down, he would uh, consider it. But it's an extremely long way to the point I discounted it. I don't know what the fuck that means. I'm just skimming here. Uh, he sounded genuine when he was talking to me. So Roby absolutely believed that that Valentich saw this and was experiencing experiencing it. Because, uh, you know, I'm sure that there's fucking tons of people uh, that are like, oh, maybe he just wanted to kill himself. Right. Maybe he just wanted to disappear. Maybe he, um, whatever. But he says he wasn't disoriented when right. he spoke to me. Um, I imagine stranger things have happened, I guess. Yeah, like it said before, the Netflix show, they got they picked up pretty well. Mm-hmm, yeah, it, mm-hmm. it did happen. That's that's one thing that we all know. It did. Um, Four seasons worth so yeah. far. Um, but, uh, and really, uh, he says anything's really possible here, but uh, Mr. Roby doesn't discount that he was maybe indeed taken by a UFO, or at least interfered with by an unidentified craft. He He absolutely believes there was another thing there that caused Valentich to to crash or to disappear, whatever. Um, and he, he, you know, I'm a believer, and, and I saw her face. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, not not <clears throat> a trace crept out of my mind, but I, I do feel that an airplane is a really big thing to leave zero evidence when it disappears. Uh, yeah, and it's not like... It's really not like, uh, you know, Amelia Earhart at all, where she, we kind of, we know around where she would be, at least within a couple hundred mile radius, uh-huh. because we know where her last check-in was, we know where her last supposed transmissions were, and then there's silence, but she only had so much uh, fuel at uh-huh. that point, and could only have gone in this this area, but this area is in the middle of fucking nowhere Earth, and... Frankly, she wasn't hot enough to care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sex sells, man. Sex sells excels. That's right. I excel at sex sells. Mm. I don't like that. I'm dead. I'm to strike it from the record. I didn't know you were a pimp. I love striking things, Christopher. Mm. 
That I did know. I owe you a stabbing. Now it makes more sense. Okay. Oh, you stabbing. Now I understand. So what do you think? Do you think this dude was just like, fuck the world, I'm out of here? Or do you think... Absolutely not. So it, he was just, he was so, I don't, want, I don't want to say confident about it, but he was, he was so, not even sure. He was just telling the guy what he saw. And it sounds so much like he's just telling the guy what he saw. He's not making up weird crazy things they're mooning me i swear you right know? i just I, I don't i i do believe that he saw what he saw mm-hmm. i mean the, the evidence is there to say that he he, he did what he said he did mm-hmm. but it's really hard to believe that a plane can crash and leave zero evidence i get it in the water if it all sinks and this this area where he is he absolutely went down because he also only had so much fuel blah blah blah, blah um, is so much smaller and, and more searchable than than any other and we should be able to find some kind of debris field right. of something there should be some kind of fucking goddamn unmanned drone flight that can fly over this shit and look down into the water and differentiate fucking goddamn rock fish water and aluminum plate Right. Uh, and I think we have, you know, the technology. We can rebuild them. We to can at make them least, to mm-hmm. at least analyze the data, you know, real time and say that that's not a natural feature. You know, and right. I, I mean, it just takes the budget. It but, just takes the budget. But at this point, uh, has that aluminum in saltwater airplane become nothing? Is there anything left to find? Because it doesn't seem like any, like uh, in that story I was just uh, skimming, it, it's uh, mostly speaking to uh, his alive brother, uh-huh. um, saying, you know, wow, it really sucks that he left this way. We really loved him. Um, I don't have any hope whatsoever that we will ever know what happened. Um, he also doesn't uh, completely discount it could have been aliens, whatever. Uh, he does seem to to believe more that his brother just crashed. Um, but he does believe that his brother was forced to crash by something. I mean, we should, like, we should have the math, be able to do the numbers to understand. And, and like you said, we, we got a, a relative trajectory or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, honestly, how much could this plane break up at that speed from that height? Oh, um, I mean, it, it. it's not the highest height, it's not the fastest speed, but it's also a fucking tinfoil airplane. And I guess it would be based on the angle, Yeah, you know, that it's coming down and, you know, all, all that, but I, I don't know, man. It, it's hard to say. Uh, you know me, I'm a believer. I'm going to go with it. He saw her face, guys. I, I can't say he was whole plane abducted, but... Whole planes have gone missing. Yeah. Whole fucking, uh, what you call it? Uh, it's not a legion. What do they call it? A group of planes. Uh, murder. Sure. A whole murder of planes <laughs> went missing. Flock? Is it a flock of murders of planes? I don't, I have no idea. Is there? Uh, it's a, it's an air force. So e- either way, they, there have been <laughs> entire fucking flocks of murders of planes. Mm-hmm. Disappearing all at the same time, zero evidence. 
that was Bermuda Triangle type shit, but still, it has happened. I saw this thing on the Bermuda Triangle the other day because it just happened to be playing on YouTube when I uh, woke up, and it was bullshit. Anyway, face. my face is about to say, you've just listened to another answerless episode of Fuck You. That's right. Ponder that. See no, hear no, speak no. And while you're at it, Ponder the UFOs, the conspiracies, and the moiders. Or my nipples. Don't do that. Don't ponder his nipples. You that, can ponder my nipples. It only to. gives them more power. That's right, it does. They are evil. He can shoot Crystal Pepsi out of them motherfuckers now. Thanks a lot, guys. Taking it way back to the 90s. Man, Van Halen did the music for their commercials for Crystal Pepsi. Yes, they did. Right now. Remember that? You stop that. You stop it. Countdown! Stop your face! Also, three, two, one. Spring out.